recorded live. Oh, hey, that's me. Yeah, hey. (laughs) (laughs) This is Jeanette with our introduction for our planetary returns call. We're doing lunar returns today, right, Kim? That's right. Yeah, we're exploring the ins and outs of lunar returns. And hopefully you guys... Kim gave me a proper warning when she said, okay, I'm going to start the recording. That was my cue, but I didn't realize it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Well, it's because we got got kind of sidetracked. Well, I was going to say, so much for my Mercury Libra, or my, yeah, Libra Mercury bragging. (laughs) (laughs) Better stop now. Uh, uh, I I just put my, my August lunar return which happened two days ago, and I put it in the chat. Um, oh, okay. Because right. I, I don't know if there's any, if that's what's been messing me up, but it's just really bad communication problems, which are slightly different than than um, Jeanette's, but nevertheless. <laughs> okay. Let's look at that in a second. Problematic. I'll do the, just a tiny bit of housekeeping for those who, because this is our, the official live first call for the course, Exploring Planetary Returns. And just for those who uh, are a bit new to this, what's going to happen is on one week you will receive a recorded call that Jeanette and I make that covers the material. So as you know, last week you were released the lunar return and basic ins and outs of return recording. And if you listen to that first, uh, it's ideal. <laughs> and then join the discussion call or listen to the discussion call and join in on the forum. That's kind of the format that we have going. And I just want to let everyone know that in this in the GBA circle, we're all different levels. We have people using astrology in their coaching and counseling practices. We have people using it for their own personal growth and expansion. We have people who are just learning and just exploring signs, planets, houses, etc. So uh, I want you to realize that no one's going to be left behind. (laughs) So if you hear something that kind of carries on and you don't understand what are they talking about, don't worry, relax. Uh, There'll be a question in there, and Jeanette and I will help you get on the same page. So... Uh, Jeanette, is there anything else we need to say at the start of our course? She said, welcome. (laughs) Here we go. Yeah, thanks for being here. Let's have a great time. Thank you. Yes. All right. So we know that return charts are active from the moment of the return until the moment of the next return. So if it's your Saturn return, it's going to be active for about 29 years. And at the other end of the pole... Excuse me. We have lunar returns, which are active for about 28 and a half days. So, what I want to do today is, unless you, and if you have immediate questions that we want to address about returns in general or lunar returns, let's. I do. Okay. Hey, good morning. Good morning. (laughs) Well, it's early. Um, I do have a a question about returns which came up with a client yesterday um, and that is uh, I've got a, um, as you know I use numerology and astrology so it's really, which is fantastic because it means when I get clients who don't know their time of birth, I still have a huge amount of material that I can, a, a treasure trove I can dive into. And what I noticed with this particular person is that uh, there is a planetary return, but it's it is a it's one of the long ones. It's the Saturn return. And so my question is, when I'm looking at because I don't know the time of birth, is there a way I can still look at the planetary return in the sort of ballpark region? If I'm as long as I only look at the slow moving planets. So for example, if I know that the return was say on I don't know the I can't remember the date it doesn't matter anyway, but say that I know that the return was on the 12th of July sometime, can I look at a chart, can I create a planetary return chart for the 12th of July and kind of ignore the fast-moving planets, but because I noticed that there's a, in the, <clears throat> if I, when I did that and just kind of went with the day and time unknown, 
I realized that there's a much kinder aspect happening between her Saturn and one of the other planets. So oh, she's gone oh. from a square to a trine. And I wondered if, you know, given the kind of wiggle room that we get with orbs, whether it's okay to do something like that with a planetary return when you don't know the time of birth. That's a really good question, and I'm glad you brought it up. Here's what I would do. Uh, number one, yes, you can do it, because remember that that planetary return is a transit chart, and it's in effect for this you know, whole next period, <coughs> and it's just rich with information, so we don't want to miss out just because we don't have an exact birth time, but we have to remember we don't have an exact birth time. So <laughs> what... What, I, what I'm thinking is there's some things that you're not going to zero in on. In other words, she doesn't have, a, uh, or she, he doesn't have an exact birth time, so you don't have an ascendant for, for her. No. And no. you're probably doing either a, a solar chart, putting the sun on the ascendant, or putting zero Aries on the ascendant. Now, whichever yeah, way I, you're... I'm yeah. sort of ignoring, I, for me, because you know, you know me, I've got this kind of science engineering kind of brain. If there's something there that I have no information about, I'm just going to kind of not even go there. So I'm not doing anything that relates to ascendants or houses or anything like that. Um, and I'm leaning heavily into the numerology to support the, gotcha. the, what I think are the missing pieces, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, okay, well, I'll tell yeah, you what so, I do. What I would do is, with the natal chart, I do what's called a solar chart, and that is putting the exact degree of the sun on the ascendant. This is another way to read the houses. As a matter of fact, this is how all horoscopes are done. Uh, They're solar charts. So when you want to do a horoscope for Aries, you put zero Aries on the ascendant. When you want to do it for Taurus, you dial it up to zero Taurus and read the planets as they fall called a solar chart and it's totally valid there's people that well cool. not many people but there are, there are in the past when date times of birth were just not known these are the charts that were done and they're quite valuable you can do it yourself to test it put um uh 28 libra whatever i can't yeah. remember the exact of your 27 you're good uh, okay <laughs> chart for their natal chart and uh-huh. when you do this always put create the moon for 12 noon 12 midday noon that way you know your moon is never going to be more than six degrees before or after right you're in within a six degree either side because the moon right. moves about 12 to 13 degrees a day so uh-huh. make sure that you calculate a chart with for the moon uh, at 12 degrees then I would take that Saturn degree and uh, whatever you've got for Saturn for the sol- solar chart <coughs> excuse me, at noon. And because, again, you know that you've got, um, you're going to be very close in the ballpark. And do the return chart. And, again, I would put, uh, you can do two things. You can put the Saturn on the ascendant or you can put mm-hmm. the sun on the ascendant. But make sure, again, the moon is uh, done for noon, so you have it, uh, again, with this ballpark. I would trust every aspect except aspects to the moon if they were more than six degrees out of uh, your orb range. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So you've got, um, if your moon falls very nicely at 15 degrees of Sagittarius, then you, you know you've got a Sagittarius moon. Right, no matter right, what. Right. Yes, yes. And you can trust that uh, it create aspect, work out what the aspect might be to, to Saturn. Yeah. Okay, so um, that gives you the background and trust those solar houses and play with them. But you, you're looking at a pattern, and no matter how you yes. dial the wheel, um, it's going to uh, the pattern stays the same, right? The spokes yeah. of the wheel are the same distance, so. Just you're just not going to play with the ascendant in the same way in terms of well what um, what is coming to the the ascendant except that whatever's rising let's say they're a, a Taurus 
and uh, well, let's not say that because we're not seeing a Taurus right now. <laughs> let's say they're a Leo, <laughs> and their Leo uh-huh. comes on the ascendant. We know that in their Saturn return is it's going to have a bunch of planets uh, rising. Yeah, a bunch yeah, yeah. of the Saturn return planets rising. So um, does that help? I would play with it that way. But you're right. The first That's thing you said is really important. That you just know that you don't have solid houses, so you work within within that. Yeah, that that totally makes sense, Kim. And um, thank you for that. <clears throat> I hadn't thought about doing a solar, um, you know, with the sun on the ascendant. I hadn't thought about doing yeah, it that way. Yeah, solar I really, I really like the sound of that. <laughs> They're awesome. Now, I, do, I don't know if you can generate them at. Um, Check and see if you can generate them at astro.com. I'll look. I think there's some. Uh, there's a lot of different things you can do there, so maybe you can, which uh, makes it easier. But um, yeah, I'll, have, I'll have a play. play. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. That's great. You're welcome. All right, let's let's look at some of these lunar returns and just get a feel for the different ways that we can. Um, I'm just reading <laughs> Marilyn's question. <laughs> Can you do a chart with the degree, with the sun degree on the ascendant and the moon? Oh, yeah, Kim, not where. Sorry, I don't have a microphone, so I'm not quite sure. I'm looking for one where, how you can hear me. But um, I don't, I I don't mean where, but if you have the sun at the exact degree, you can still do the chart with the moon at noon, can you? Um, You do a solar chart, yes, you just, Put that. What you're going to do is do a chart for noon. Okay, just go to um, and and do a chart for noon, so you know you've got your moon within six degrees either side. Then you're going to either write out that chart or um, dial. You're not going to change the time to put the sun on the ascendant. So uh, if you don't have software that's going to give you the sun on the ascendant, um, just write it out. Write it out and just cha- put the uh, sun on the ascendant and everything else follows suit. Do sure. equal houses. So if the ascendant is 10 Scorpio, then the uh, second house is 10 Sagittarius and so forth. Cool. Thanks, Matt. Yeah. Okay. Oh, are there any other questions before we dive in? We're good. <laughs> We're good to go. So... Let's look at these returns. Now, I have a question that I'm going to answer. <laughs> People often say, "Where? what's the location? I just want to make it clear. I can't remember if we did in the recording, but um, for argument's sake, we're going to do the location, the return chart as the, the natal location. Do the natal location. Play with that if you live a zillion miles away from where you're born or in a different location. You can play with that, but again, you want to relate that back to the relocated natal. And if this is freaking anybody out who doesn't know, what are they talking about? Don't worry about it. (laughs) Let it go. It's all going to be clear um, in time, and you can ask any questions that you want about uh, these relocation charts. Does that make sense? It does. Yep. Okay. Thank you. Oh, right. well, I realized I did mine for where I live now. That's okay. But it's not How too far away. We're not too away. much, you know, a few degrees different because I'm still in That's California. Right. It's still in California. It's going to be virtually the same. I wouldn't worry about that at all. But you might, unless, okay, I'm, why do I have to log in? I'm logged in. I'm going to look at the chart. If we can all click on Quilly's chart, if you're listening to the call, that's going to be in the um, chat notes. You can just click on that uh, PDF link. And here we go. Oh, so this is L.A. and you were born in... All right. Yeah, I'm in Venetian, yeah. but I was born in L.A. and it's a slightly oh, different. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. But- and be okay, it's not to worry, and do you know what? <laughs> the ascendant is fourteen degrees, so it's right smack in the middle of Aries, and there's no way two degrees is going to throw you into a new ascendant. <laughs> Good, <laughs> so you know Uranus is rising, so it's all safe. All right, so we have this this chart, and that's uh 
number is 1029. Now we're also going to need another window and Quilly's natal chart. Oh, hey, I got that. Um, what number is that? It's 987. Okay. But I can so, pop that there too. Oh, come on, come on. Right. Come on. Minimize, minimize. Ah, here we go. That's all right. We got it here. Yeah. So you always want to relate that return chart back to the natal. All right. Yeah. You guys, you guys are up. I want to hear what you see. And just start with one thing. You don't have to, don't struggle with it. Just relax and tell me what's, what's one, what jumps out at you first when you look at the return chart. Think about that. And as you look back at the natal, what's happening? On the return chart, big beginnings, excuse me, big changes and coming in with um, quite a punch with uh, Pluto Uranus on the angles there. I'll have a peek okay. back, back at the natal. I've got my so, pages here. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, with Aries, it's um, third house. Yes. Natal third house, yeah. Right. So... Thank you, Marilyn. That's <laughs> that's great. That gives you a very good entry into this chart because Aries is rising with Uranus conjunct the ascendant. So that is, I'm sure, where you got the idea of big changes and punch. There's a uh, a strength. The warrior uh, woman is moving through the world, and um, hey, this is what you see, and you've got your sword raised, and you're ready for battle and adventure and change and tip that apple cart it's square you guys do not underestimate the power of aspects to the ascendant they're super powerful and of course she's got this um uh, uranus is square mars uranus is square pluto you couldn't get more yang more stand your ground more uh, aggressive it's a healthy aggression but it's it's super aggressive and it brings that uh, third house to the foreground. So ideas? In what way will this um, sense of strength and power and assertiveness come through? Well, Quilly might have... Oh, go ahead, Marilyn. Sorry, I was just going to say, in a lo- in locally, local, and in, in that around her? Oh, okay. What's around her? Yeah, the third Thanks. house is the neighborhood, the local, you know, um, community area. Um, yes. And then, but I was thinking even more specific. Jeanette, what were you going to say? Well, I think Quilly started to say something on the recording, I believe, about her communication. So that kind of makes me want to hear her elaborate a little bit about what had been up there, because when we look at third house, that makes me kind of curious. Oh, well, communication. Um, now, today I've been very assertive, but I have felt kind of like I haven't been able to communicate with people who are normally I'm able to communicate with very well. I mean, completely cut off from a couple of people. And it's it's been, um, I haven't felt ex- about it all. I felt like totally um, despondent about it. Mm. So I can't figure out where that's coming from except maybe my uh, natal, you know, my moon for the lunar return here is in the 12th, so maybe my emotions are kind of under wraps even though it's the natural home of Pisces. But still, I don't know what it is, but I you know, I was crying earlier. That doesn't sound oh, like okay. a woman. <laughs> well, it might be, but it's a, it's complex because, all right, this is such a good example, clearly, because in your natal chart, there you have the um, yin planets in a in these power positions. Yin planet rising. And your, of course, your um, sun and moon. The approach to communication is Pisces. 
and you have sun, moon, and mercury there. And when you say, I feel cut off, um, it's like suddenly with this, this assertive um, and, and trailblazing and independent and uh, disruptive kind of energy, fiery energy of Aries with Uranus there and the whole Pluto and Mars thing, uh, when that is happening, where where is Pisces? Uh, you, I can see how you feel disassociated, and it's like I can't access this Pisces energy because my shop window, my hey, this is me, here I am, is a very different. It's a very different sort of energy, and you've got Moon Nep, Moon conjunct Neptune. In the twelfth house, so it is like the that's where's my sensitivity, and it can without if you if you tap into the the return chart and go okay, so this is a month where I am going to be a little different in the way I communicate, like a lot different, <laughs> and uh, just and and play with it, get a sense of play and fun. You might feel competitive, you might feel. Uh, adventurous. You certainly. This is a this is a month to practice not giving a rip what other people think. We don't <laughs> oh yeah, I think and really that's practice any time we can get it. That's liberating to embrace. So oh well, earlier I was trying to manifest that attitude, but was not having a very good success <laughs> rate with it. In fact, when I was talking to, before the call started, when I was talking to Jeanette, I thought, oh, my God, I'm giving my opinions in so many <laughs> ways. Yeah, but you know what? Anyway, I don't think there's a way to fail with this energy, actually. If we own it, if we embrace it, you are successful with it, regardless of the fallout, because um, it isn't the results that dictate whether we're successful or not. It's being able to... Um, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, Kim, but it just seems like just to be willing to roll away that isn't maybe natural to you, that isn't your normal MO, you're already successful. Yeah. Sorry. So it's really fascinating, uh, uh, Quilly, because I have had such a similar feeling. I won't go into all of mine, but um, but, but my son's in the 12th house in my August um, and uh, and also a strong uh, fifth house emphasis, with, which I know is on yours. And um, I mean, my the ascending sign sounds quite as different uh, as natal, but it's I have such a similar feeling. Um, so that's really fascinating to watch that twelfth and fifth house playing out. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, with, um, I'm thinking too that that whole thing is about you know not giving a rip what other people think. That, this is going to sound a bit mad, but I, I'm wondering whether the um, Uranus sitting in opposition to um, the descendant on Libra is kind of pushing on that whole Libra and people-pleasing thing and going, mm. change, time, time to change, time to change, time to change, and here's a really good opportunity to do it <laughs> or else. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of that thing mm. of saying yeah. uh, when the challenge is there to sort of go, you, you can't wriggle away from this one. <laughs> What happened? I mean, I've sort of been usually the person to be the the peacemaker if there's a conflict. Mm. Dug in my heels. I'm not. I'm not making any peace right now at all for anybody. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Well, we if we weren't looking at the at the the lunar return chart, we might wonder why why this uh, energy. But isn't your Excuse me. Isn't your solar return? Um, oh, we won't flip into that, but just um, remind me: isn't your solar return ascendant, a fire ascendant as well? Isn't it? Yes, it's a Leo rising. Yeah, yeah. So this month gives you an opportunity to explore something new, and this new thing, because we're just into it. This only just happened yesterday, right? Two days ago, yeah. Two days ago. So this is new. You've got 26, 27 more days to play with this. And, uh, <laughs> Who knows how many people I can offend in that time? <laughs> ah, 
how liberated you can become. Oh. See how liberated you can become. And let's see what new trails you're going to blaze that are for you. I think there's something about this chart that says this is your month. This is about your words and your communication and the core of your being. This You natally have the... Uh, uh, the IC is has Aries on it. Is that right? Yes. And yeah. we're talking about the core of your being. And then we look at Mars, which is your chart ruler for this lunar month. And it's trying the moon. And it's, whoa, if ever there was a time to give yourself the compassion and the care and the listening and the pleasing that you give others, it's this month. It's your t- your turn. Hmm. Okay. That sounds better. It's <laughs> <laughs> definitely also, your turn. To me, it also, um, it's like it's kind of gently kind of um, kneading and pulling out that Pisces from deep within you because that strong 12, uh, 12th, 5th house um, stuff happening which I, I, you know, which is familiar. I mean, it's kind of pulling out and you need to be active in that, you know, and you need, need to express it. It's, a, it's very interesting energy. You know, that fifth, twelfth house dynamic that's happening in the solar chart, in the lunar return chart. <coughs> yeah, I agree. It was going to be a very romantic month with that fifth house all full like that, but not <laughs> <laughs> I still see it as such, just maybe kind of a little bit of bossy romance, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, fiery. Yeah. (laughs) Someone who's not shy to say what she thinks or what she wants or how she wants it. I don't know. No, I'm not shy about that. And that's kind of what got me in trouble. So um. (laughs) Uh, so that's just calling it trouble. See, that to me, that's what liberated you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because. Um, yeah, actually, it did. It liberated in the sense of, yeah, it, I think it liberated me from the relationship is what it did. Right. <laughs> liberated you right out the door. No. Exactly. Um, yeah. Okay. This sounds know. better. You know? Yeah. But the, the thing is, <clears throat> there is Aries rising, Uranus there, the link to Mars. Pluto, it's not, it makes radical change. It's interested in radical change. And, and when we say it, we, and we're talking about the universe, we're talking about you. We're talking about the your higher self and you connecting to source energy and the, the, the gift and the blessing of this is your greatest expansion. So I I don't know, Jeanette. What do you think? What's the best way when you this, there's this, all this change going on, and but it feels like oh, but I'm going to be leaving something behind, or I'm going to be something else has to transform if it's going to come along with me. How do you how do you deal with that? You know, I like looking at any sort of change that's up in the air as a heads up from universe that life is about to get even better. That something changing okay. means it's changing for. Um, for the better and I don't know there's a lot of law of attraction principles behind that that would support that so if we line ourselves up that way rather than expect or prepave doom and gloom or something terrible I think it makes it easier to recognize the better that is unfolding Mm, I like that I do Sorry, and all those all those um, aspects, all the trines to the Uranus, to the fifth house. I mean, you know, to attract romance. I mean, it's the, uh, I was going to say romance begins with us, of course, because it's protecting ourselves out there to attract somebody else. I mean, it's all very relevant to me at this point in time. This whole chart, really, it's it's quite kind of interesting. But it's it, that it, it's you know you're used to projecting yourself in a particular way. We are all do that and then we attract certain people but you'll be attracting very different people because you're changing oh yeah that sounds good very much yeah Hmm, okay well then yeah okay well then oh good (laughs) i have a (laughs) (laughs) what i'd like to 
what I'd like to attract. So that sounds good. <laughs> well, Carly, just in, in what ways with these ideas in mind could you prepave? How can how can we prepave the upcoming month knowing uh, what we know now that is in this lunar return chart? What would be a, a, a sentence or a mantra or a reminder for you about who you are and what's happening this month? Mm. That's, that's where I was. Mantra, I don't know, but I just got this flash in my head that I should be wearing red. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You you are red. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, if it were me, I would probably be coaching myself to give myself lots of leeway, lots of room to do things different than I had before, knowing that uh-huh. it's very appropriate. It might feel inappropriate. It might feel foreign. But mm-hmm. I I think I want to tell myself in advance that it's okay because it might be something that would be natural for me to question since it was so mm-hmm. out of the ordinary for me. But but to just um, uh, <laughs> some advanced love on it is what I would do. Oh, thank you. That sounds great. Well, thanks, everybody. This is great. I feel much better now. Uh, <laughs> beautiful. All right. Let's, um, let's look at who's next. What's next? Well, mine here, if you want to have a look. Yeah, well, I'm just... It's so fa- we don't have to spend a lot of time, but it, it's fascinating because it's just oh, I mean, clearly it looks different in a way, but there's so many things that are similar that's happening with me. It's maybe not coming up against people because of the twelfth house. You know, I'm pulling back, but um, that whole twelve-fifth dynamic, um, which involves yourself, of course. You know, you project yourself out, you attract mm. from yourself. So yeah, it's quite fascinating. Mm. Mar- Marilyn, what's the number of your natal? chart do you know uh, um, you link? 1027 900 uh, 900 hmm. 900 I think you, the, did you post one that has a natal oh yeah in my, I did it, it, it's from my solar return software so it's a bit kind of curly but it's um in hold on I'll go back to it's the 20, uh, that one is 1027 if someone wants to look at it that oh, way oh okay so, which is thank you which is, let me have a look and see which I can look at. I love options. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Make it a little bigger. <laughs> yeah, that works for me. Uh, <clears throat> okay, let's look at this in the same way that we just uh, explored Quilly's ideas, guys. Where would you, uh, where does your eye go first? Ooh, is that Jupiter on the Ascendant? Hey-o! <laughs> Jupiter conjunct Venus on the Ascendant. What's on this on girl's lead. mind? <laughs> oh. Yeah. What was That's... your question then, Kim? What's on this girl's mind? Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I joined, a, I don't say, I put a little bit on, on thing. I've just been feeling a bit sick this week, but... Um, a, a little bit on the forum, but um, I joined the dating site about four days ago. And, uh, <laughs> yes, you did. That's, that's not my usual go-to place, I can tell you, son on the IC. I don't go to dating places, and uh, we'll see how long I last. But my, 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 I've been getting my, um, my um, profile, it's just, I, <laughs> I started it off on the headline. There's this gorgeous, it's a lovely photo of me. And um, on the headline, I put what I put in my, I said, my most sensationally beautiful man in every way. I put it in my universe bowl, in the brackets, a gift, which I was given the universe bowl. Um, I figured I needed to at least reach out. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And so Jupiter, Venus, I love it too. And (laughs) you know, you (laughs) That's <laughs> so funny. Sorry. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. Go on. Go on. I'm just, yeah, I'm just saying, yeah, that's, um, it, that makes perfect sense. And here we have your third house to the foreground. So communication, and it's interesting because community and where the third house is generally the local community, um, can I ask on the dating site, are you looking for, did you tick that within X amount of kilometers or you want to I actually did. meet? 
Well, I, I, I could have done it. Yeah, no, but I've had replies back from all over the country, actually. But uh, I did put 100Ks. Um, oh, okay. See, Jupiter has a big sense of how big their neighborhood is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I like that. I really like that. And it's interesting, too, because Gemini rising, which is mutable, and just has all these wonderful qualities, of course. <laughs> but when you have a return chart that brings a fixed sign to the foreground, you focus that energy. And maybe in the past you might have thought about it and just go, uh, you know. And and of course, the sun in the fourth house is very is very private, um, and you might not have been inclined that. All the romantic notions of Leo and it being your house of communication and having Venus there conjunct the Ascendant with Jupiter, which expands everything, uh, it makes sense. It makes absolute sense that uh, this would be a very romantic month. And where is the the moon? In the fifth with Pluto. Yeah, the fifth house of romance with Pluto. So... I think you, this is not just skip across the surface uh, picnic type um, romance. I think it probably, it's potentially going to be very intense <laughs> and very, very powerful and very transformative. Oh, uh, so I'll hang on, shall I? I won't take my profile off. <laughs> oh, I did I scare you. No, 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 no. Um, how, Jeanette, ideas about prepaving because it does, this, the key here is like the sun in the fourth is super private. Capricorn moon isn't necessarily want to splash their energy around willy-nilly. And here, here we're on a dating site and it's suddenly Leo and uh, rising with Jupiter. It's a, it's, is similar to Quilly's in the way that Quilly had moon in the 12th and sun in the 5th, and this is the opposite of that. And it, it, so much is coming up. How, how would you prepave knowing that you're going to have a different MO, such a different MO, and doing something that's really stretching your comfort zone? You know, I, I think prepaving for new romance in general is really, really powerful, especially when we keep our our sights set on how we want to feel so that we can let go of specifics of how we think what we think we might want, but focus on how we want to feel and then be really open about how that might unfold and give ourselves the room to play as inspired um, but I from personal experience, boy. The, the difference between going out on a date or even just starting a new communication with someone online with prepaving in place with, versus without it, it makes such a difference that I think regardless of, how, of what you prepaved, that you take the time to get yourself focused on what you want, is, you're doing a huge service to yourself to, to get set up for success. But Kim, you probably have something more specific in mind that would be valuable to share. I think, you know what I'm thinking is, Jeanette, you told me years and years ago how you got into online dating and the first, you had an opinion about it that wasn't prepaved. Is that true? Oh, Am yeah. I remembering that? Yeah. Can you tell that was, story? Because I was wor I'll tell it quickly. Some of you might have heard yeah. it before, but I, I was working oh. as an LOA coach. I mean, I was very savvy about this stuff. And I went online, and I was chatting. I was chatting with a couple of guys, and I set a date for one, and it was com so completely awful that I was laughing through it. I thought, I, "This has to be a setup. I have to be on candid camera. There's no way someone could put this much awfulness in one date. It was just terrible. It was so terrible. I went straight home, and I told all the other guys that I was talking with, Libra Sun. I told all the other guys that I was talking with that I'm here for online flirting only. I am not doing that again. And one guy responded. It, was, it made me smile. He said, get back on that horse, kind woman. And, um, and he, it made me smile. I did agree to go to lunch with him, but this time I prepaved it. I imagined, I imagined 
that I, I imagine, first of all, the exact opposite of everything I'd experienced. I'd imagined respect <laughs> and, and good times. I imagined laughing so hard that my cheeks hurt from laughing. I imagined instant physical a- a- attraction. I imagined easy rapport. I imagined that we both... We both felt the same that we both wanted to get to know each other better. I'm just and I was just imagining it as I was driving, just practicing feeling that way. And um oh my gosh, it was so amazing. I drove home from that date and sure enough, my cheeks hurt from laughing so much. Oh. I had such an amazing time with him and he was super hot, super super Whoa. hot. And by the end, one of the other things I'd intended was that it was that it was very clear that um that we wanted to see each other again, that it was made very clear. I get home, there's an email waiting from him saying, for me, from him saying, I'm sure I'm breaking every internet rule dating out, internet dating rule out there, but uh, do you want to go camping with me next weekend? Slot Canyon hiking is what it was. And um, I went. <laughs> it was so much fun. It was oh. so much fun. It launched my whole summer of love. I just had fun date after fun date after fun date after fun date. Oh, thank you, Janine. I love that. I love that story because it shows now if you hadn't had the insight and the inspiration to turn your story around, I can't. Well, first of all, you weren't going to even date again. No, <laughs> and I and I, I and I didn't even recognize I had not set myself up for success. I just showed up to see what the world had to offer instead of turning myself in the successful direction because I had been getting a lot of input from girlfriends around how internet dating was crazy and I was going to regret it and they needed to know my whereabouts at all times because it wasn't safe, et cetera, et cetera. They about well, had you know a heart attack that... when I left town with a stranger. <laughs> <laughs> you know what that tells me is when we hear other people give us those cautions or have those opinions, we're listening to our unconscious. Yes. We're, we're hearing what we're not saying to ourselves. And yep. that says to me that without pre-paving, your default was crappy time with online does. Right. <laughs> Disappointment. <laughs> Waste of time. Yeah. 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 All those things. So the, just because we think we feel neutral about something and that we might <laughs> be open to new possibilities, probably there's a subtext, an underlying story. When you say, Janet, isn't the brain working on some default that we may not be aware of? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Yeah, because that's what's happening. The brain's got this mental landscape of how things are, and unless we challenge it, that's what we get. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. that's right. The comfort zone is not always comfortable, and (laughs) and, yeah, Uh that's what happens there. So... What a great example. I see this also as being really creative, Marilyn, with that uh, fifth house uh, Pluto uh, moon where <clears throat> I don't know if you sketch or write. I know you write. So there might be something coming up from um, on a core creative level this month mm-hmm. that's, that kind of uh, feeds into uh, some longer term goals and uh, and aims for your creative self-expression. You can't, um, really? we want to include that too. And kids as well. How, how you've got adult children, yeah. right? Um, one, okay, he's 30. Yeah, he's in right. South Korea mm, at the moment. Yeah, well, Moon Pluto, mm. uh, there could be some very uh, powerful and uh, uh, exhilarating, but change, change-oriented news coming from um, from him. I mean, it can. The, there's a lot of ways, that obviously, that the symbols can unfold. So you want to prepay for that too. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll just add one thing. That's wonderful. Thank you, Jeanette and Kim, and and Jeanette, all of you. You. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but what? What what really struck me putting that online? I mean, okay, it might that you know this new salt lunar return happened a few days ago, but it was the change in me because the last time I did that for a very short period after a breakup was in 2001, and a dear friend, <laughs> you'll like this, Janice, um, a dear f- a friend who became a friend. He was you know that I met online, but uh, he he informed me later that I, I I mentioned the word sex probably I probably said sexy um, probably about thirteen times and I wondered why I was you know 
uh, getting the guys that I did. But, uh, uh, you know, I'll have Mars in Scorpio. But it, 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 um, I I realised and and, and how much I've changed in since 2001 and you know because I've been through an intense healing journey the last five years here alone I haven't you know I've been separated for six years um and I've celibate for six years and um it's it's I'm just that really blew me away you know I'm just well I'm 14 years older I'm 66 now but I just you know, where the place where I'm standing, I know myself, you know, well, as much as I do, which will continue whilst I'm on this earth. But it's, that was the most powerful thing for me. It's just, and, and, and that in itself has been such a valuable lesson, such a valuable exercise to do that. It's mm. such a beautiful mirror for me, you know, to have myself up there, this lovely photo, and I just saying what it is that I want, you know. Nice. It's so powerful. Mm. Yeah, very powerful and it's a wonderful example. And and it's brilliantly Leo rising with Jupiter and Venus on the ascendant. So well done, you're definitely doing it and you're feeling the results from it. So if you if your natal sun in Virgo in the fourth house freaks out or maybe, you know, Capricorn Moon says, you know, this is too much information going out there or anything like that. Um, give yourself a chance to embrace this new aspect and and allow for this, this sparkling change because that's what it feels like to me, it's sparkling, sparkling mm. expansion. Well, I always remember, Kim, remember you said on the solar return chart, you may forgotten but I I remember on solar recharge because I have Jupiter in the seventh house natally in in Sagittarius Jupiter in Sagittarius oh. but but you said that um um that you know on the midway through possibly that a time of the solar return chart I would um fall um hopelessly head over heels <laughs> okay <laughs> oh, we're good I'm going to hold you to that. Okay. <laughs> Let's see what happens. But yeah, that's, that's it. Well, uh, and didn't you say earlier, Marilyn, that it of all love starts with ourselves? Exactly. Yeah, I love how nice. you. I love how you. How it just is such a beautiful sign of self-love for you to be able to say, "I put up a gorgeous photo of myself." I, I loved that hearing that. Too. And when Kim talks about falling hopelessly in love. I really like that you, you, it seems like you got a good thing going with yourself already. So congratulations, because not everyone knows that. Not everyone knows that vibration, I mean. Ah, no, ah. it's been, it's, I think, you know, of course we, we take our steps and we make our choices. I understand that. But there's so much help. You know, there's so much grace. There's so much love. Well, life is love, you know. It, there's so much. And this journey that I've been, you know, offered over these last five years has taken me into myself and I, I've learned to trust myself, you know. It's just I, I give big thank yous all the time. I'm so grateful because we are given to. I mean, that's we are. And and look at all of you lovely people, you know. There's so much help all the time. But, yeah, it's amazing to get here. Better late than never. Capricorn Moon finally makes it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you, Marilyn. Let's look. We've got a few minutes left. <clears throat> Janet, let's look at, at your solar return. I see you've got, has everybody clicked on the links that she's got in there? We've got natal and we have the return. So, yeah, anybody, what, where to begin? What do we see? What's happening? I'm still pulling them up. Okay. <laughs> well, I, do you know, it's, it's really weird, Kim, but my my eye immediately felt, because I just said in chat, I managed to put the chart in the gallery, and then I went and did some work on a client's chart. <laughs> yeah, yes. I haven't looked um, yet. But um, I just noticed uh, the thing that shot out to me is Mars in... Uh, cancer um, opposite Pluto and uh, in the second house and uh, when I looked at the, the, the at where Mars is sitting it's exactly hitting the well almost exactly hitting the natal fourth house cusp which kind of made sense to me because 
I got inspired the other day to make an offering for something new to my uh, secret Facebook group and uh, it was very much coming from that thing of wanting to nurture and support people and I suddenly found myself with a bunch of people going, oh yes please, I'd like that and now I'm kind of, I've just been wrestling with a sense of, oh my God, I don't know if I can pull this off. You know that there's, and I've been having that discussion with myself about the gremlin voices and there's some resistance there because of because of you know fear of not being able to do what I deliver what I said I would and and I'm seeing this I'm seeing this kind of dance between Mars wanting to take the action to support and nurture and Pluto that whole Plutonian change of saying it's time to let go of that resistance um, and that's really that to me makes I don't know if I'm making that up or, but it, it that just seems <laughs> really timely to me. <laughs> no, I, to love that. <laughs> I love that insight. And <clears throat> excuse me. What I would add to that or what really jumps for me is that in your natal chart <clears throat> let's click on the right thing. In your natal chart <clears throat> there's not a lot of mutability. Like none. <laughs> Everything's oh. fixed or cardinal. And oh, yeah. that fixed and cardinal <laughs> yes. is very strong and very tenacious and it takes things very seriously mm-hmm. and here we have a month with gemini rising and gemini rising is the icon of carefree easy breezy go with the go with the flow and uh you know create the the, the flow in a new direction it's just so flexible and it's so it's just this is a picnic it wants this month to just be skipping around, dancing, having fun. And yeah, there, it feels like, okay, I got this heavy thing going on that's, you know, feels very core and your second house, core value yeah. coming to the foreground. Mm-hmm. But I think what the universe is offering here is a chance for you to tap back into that easy breezy, easy going, uh, say la vie, carefree, mm-hmm. uh, um, fun, and playful and flirty, very flirty energy. And if we look at your natal chart, we see that that's uh, that's your south node, and that's your yeah. second house. And there is some core value action, maybe waking up that hasn't had an easy outlet. Actually, hasn't really just had an outlet uh, in your natal chart. So it's not what you've been focusing on. It's not an mo that is particularly uh, accessible and this month universe is saying play with that so to me as these um, contrasts and whatnot comes up and it feels like some very powerful change of foot and all that it's uh, this this is a, this is a little walk in the park this is a singing in the rain mm. kind of the month this is a, a month to be very playful and easy and cruisy with it and ways that you can do that and communicating <clears throat> just for the sake of the fun that you can <laughs> and the wit and the and the uh, pleasure that, and the laughter that you can bring. It's that, that kind of energy. And I think with the South Node, is it's very uh, deeply innate in you. And I mm. think it's the month that you get to fall back on that. And it has, it's intimately connected to resources and what supports you. So I, um, I would give that a chance. It's also, you don't, you don't have, you don't have siblings, do you? Do you have siblings? You do yeah, have I've siblings. Got two young, yeah. I, I've got two younger brothers, brothers. Yeah. That's right. Siblings may have, um, there may be sibling action this month. It may come up that way, or it might be with a friend that feels like a twin sister, or yeah, yeah. I don't know. There's that. Yeah. Can you see how that might be? How would you yeah. prepare for that? Well, that's so interesting, Kim, because I I was talking to my mum yesterday. I've just come back from visiting um, family yeah, up, up yeah, in Brisbane, and um uh. My my the the older of my younger brothers uh, kind of got his dates wrong, and <laughs> he went to see mum a week after I'd left, thinking I was still there. Um, 
and uh, was sort of disappointed to miss me. But apparently he said to mum, what is it that Janet actually does? (laughs) 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 Which cracked me up. And it sort of didn't surprise me. My brother works in construction and he's very practical, very down to earth. And I've always imagined that, like I've never really talked to him about my work because I've imagined that he would be, like he's pretty scathing about astrology and all that kind of stuff. So I just assumed that it wasn't a, a ripe topic for conversation, that he wouldn't be interested. Um, but apparently she, she talked me up and sort of talk, told him I was a counsellor and a couple of other things which kind of made me laugh. Um, but she talked to him about how I help people with problems, blah, 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 and uh, which isn't quite accurate. But apparently his reaction was, oh, that's really cool. And I suddenly had to challenge my preconceived ideas of that relationship you know the that sort of sense of I hadn't realized until she told me that that I sense that I needed to keep it secret from my siblings because they would poo-poo everything that I do and I didn't know that I felt like that until I had it sort of challenged so that was sort of that's been interesting um but I like the idea of prepaving for uh just in a really general way for something um, something delightful that, that you know I don't know I don't want to I really like this idea of engaging this more playful energy because you're right I mean I you, you know I have the capacity to take life so seriously that um, <laughs> I don't know it, 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 it can get it can get pretty heavy and I'm and I'm aware of that so knowing that this is a month where there's that playfulness being offered is it's both alarming and exciting and and enticing mm-hmm. um alarming because it is a different MO for me and I do kind of feel like I I don't know I think it's that it's not the weight of responsibility but it is that thing about saying look if I'm if I'm doing a, a looking at someone's chart and giving them information, I'd better make sure that I'm not planting, you know, the wrong seeds, or you know, there is that sense of this this stuff matters. And Saturn in Scorpio doesn't like to think that there aren't consequences, <laughs> you know. So, and I have been feeling I've been feeling the weight of the Saturn, you know, the Saturn backing up and um, yeah. I feel like Saturn's been reversing over me a couple of times <laughs> with my Saturn return and then the retrograde and all that stuff. So, <laughs> so I'm looking forward to a month of I'm gonna I'm gonna intend for a month where the energy is a lot lighter. I like that. That's you know that. Uh, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna mention quickly. Uh, I ran across Abraham's quote for the recipe for conscious creation. Said it had ten parts. One of those parts, the last one they said was. Uh, quieting your mind, relaxing, not trying so hard, being easy with it, that feels like that Gemini influence is going to make that part of the recipe much easier for you to engage than usual. Absolutely. And and I have to say, I've been aware of this kind of overarching mm, imbalance where there hasn't been enough ease for a while now. And about, well, this almost this time last year, just before we went away on our big trip, I bought a necklace with the word easy stamped on it um, and wore it every day while we were away. And uh, and I've still, uh, you know, I still uh, wear it from time to time. But I think what I'll do is for the rest of this month, for this, this lunar return, I'm going to be wearing that consciously as my anchor for easy every day. So I put it on every morning intentionally and deliberately. You know that thing, Jeanette, you talked about in one of your blog posts about charging up items with magical powers oh, that's not yeah, that, it's already it's already really well charged up but i'm going to do some more <laughs> right on very cool that sounds great that sounds really good thanks you guys for these oh marilyn did you have a i was just going to say just one thing with janet with that um also it'll be very rewarding um with that second eighth house mars path of fortune pluto this new cycle will bring rewards Lovely. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, very nice. <laughs> Yay for that. Beautiful. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. Thanks for bringing these charts uh, out into the <laughs> light of day and letting us play with them. That's awesome. Uh, what we're going to do for this week is 
let's look at some more return charts. And as the week unfolds, if you have any new insights to how your lunar return is um, acting and <laughs> gifting you with uh, new energy, let's put that in the forum so we can all learn from each other and explore what's going on. Obviously, if there's any questions, pop those in the forum. And yeah, let's keep playing. Thank you. Thank you, Kim. Thank you, everyone. Super Thanks. fun. Thanks, guys. Take love. See you in the forum. <laughs>